Hi, this is John Barnes and you're listening to Cop On. Hello dear listener and welcome to Cop On Podcast. My name is Owen. I'm not going to do my usual introduction this week. I just want to say in the circumstances, um, I don't know what I can or can't say, but I just want to say that to the families, uh, the survivors of the tragedy that was Hillsborough, I just hope that they know that the wider LFC family, every single Liverpool fan across the world, is with them in heart and soul and mind all the way and they will never walk alone and we mean that. On today's episode I'm talking with Brian in Hong Kong and we're going to discuss the Brighton match of course and look forward to Everton of course and we talk about other things such as that Martin Atkinson, um, as well as all the positive stuff as well, Virgil, etc., etc. Uh, so I do hope you enjoy it. And now let's get our bathing trunks on and dive right in there. So I'm absolutely thrilled to be talking about the game with Brian. Brian Hayes in Hong Kong. How are you feeling, Brian? We're, t- we're, we're, we're top of the league. We're steamrollering away. with the, It's the combine harvester chugging through teams. 2-1 to the Liverpool again. How are you? Oh, amazing. Brilliant. I mean, it was an absolutely crap game. And Mark and At- At- Atkinson was, you know, his usual gobshitery self. Um, but you know, I just I've been whistling all day. It's been brilliant. I mean, I, I've never I think I've ever felt this good after such a crap game before. It's brilliant. We're eleven points clear of Manchester City. What's not to like? Absolutely superb. Yeah, good answer. T- terrific answer. We are sailing. I mean, that's it. It's like there are some nervous moments, frantic moments, especially in the last you know, 20 minutes of every single game that we play and, you know, your, your nerves are shredded but then afterwards it's like it's like this, uh, this hot air balloon that is untethered and it's still rising up towards the stratosphere over mountains, over valleys and we're soaring with happiness, aren't we? But how were your nerves for those last 10 or 15 minutes after Alison decided to give him a chance? Oh, you know, it was, uh, it's quite funny because I had my uh, my friend Carl over watching the game, which is unusual for me because I normally watch the games on my own and just banish all human beings within a five-mile radius. Uh, but Carl's actually from Liverpool, kind of ex-season ticket holder. And uh, he is, uh, let me say, how should I say this? He's a, like a, a glass half empty kind of guy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, when that happened, I think I was his, uh, his security blanket for the last 15 minutes because he's, he was basically saying, oh, no, I've got a bad feeling about this. This is terrible. This is not going to, this is, it's all going to go wrong now. And so I spent the last 15 minutes saying, no, nah, I'm going to score. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was nervy. I mean, I, 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 
when that um, when Atkinson blew his whistle for that goal to go in, that just made me steam for five minutes solid. Um, and I always, you know, when something like that happens, I always worry like if if we lose because of that, or if we lose, we drop points because of that one ridiculous decision, um, then you know it leaves a sour taste. But I mean, I you know we 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 uh, we we reverted to a a four four one. Uh, and we're still the champions of Europe, you know. It's not like we're we're, we're leaving go- uh, gaps in the back. So I I, I was reasonably, uh, I wasn't. My nerves were okay. I thought we could see it out. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Brian. Martin Atkinson. I can't believe he did it. I mean, just for clarification of the rule, okay, Premier League rules uh, on free kicks. Okay, when there is a wall of three or more defenders, and there are five in Liverpool's wall, attacking players will not be allowed within a yard of it. If one is caught standing within that area when the free kick is taken, the referee will award an indirect free kick against them. So Martin Atkinson uh, should have given us an indirect free kick because uh, if you look on the right of that wall, there was Dayan Lovren and uh, way less than a yard, even less than half a yard, 0.41 yards away, is a Brighton player. I can't quite see who it is in, in this image. So Martin Atkinson, he's either incompetent or he's uh, corrupt, like somebody's paid him off, or he just doesn't like Liverpool. Which one is it, Brian? Oh, Jesus, all of the above. Man, I just can't stand that guy. I mean, he's like the Mike Riley of the modern game. You know, he just, uh, just his face annoys me. <laughs> he really does. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he just the way he walks, everything about him annoys me. <laughs> and uh, I just thought, uh, you know what? I mean, even like putting the rules of the game aside and whatever the technicalities were, it was just bad sportsmanship to, he could clearly see that the, the, the keeper was on his post, even on the other side of his post, a, key, a cold keeper coming off a bench and he just walks nonchalantly and, rings, and, and whistles, blows the whistle. But I mean, I think I have, a, I have a theory about that. I think he was triggered. It's, it's almost like a poker move. Uh, the 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 uh, Brighton player actually he he I think he hit the ball or he was running to the ball before Atkinson blew his whistle and I think Atkinson blew his whistle in reaction to the Brighton player um, running at the ball so the Brighton player almost triggered him to quickly blow the whistle so the guy by the time he strikes the ball it'll be it'll be a, it'll be a good shot and. Uh, yeah, I just, I thought it was brutal. I really did. And I thought, you know, it's brutal because it's not fair, right? And I think one of the, one of the, uh, one of the counter arguments to, to, to that, right? I mean, you're going to feel like that if it's your team as on the end of that. Um, and maybe if your team does it, you feel, oh, that was really clever play. Um, but one of the counter arguments is that because uh, Alison had taken such a long time to come off, to give uh, Adriana time to warm up, and uh, Adrian came on, then the Atkinson, um, you know, blew his whistle quickly, but it just didn't look good. You know, I just thought, I, I just, he's standing on his post. He's looking at him as he's blowing the whistle. I mean, it's just a joke. I really, that infuriated me. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, you have to question it, don't you? You really do. You have to question um, his his how fit he is to be a Premier League referee. Um, I mean, there is a, an argument to say that maybe he could have actually dived and got it, Adrian. But that's that's really not the point here, is it? It's just the fact that Martin Atkinson is a complete doofus but let's move on to the positives you know there, there you know because there there are tons of the tons of positives i mean firstly you know my 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 main question is where does this result leave us now um the excellent twitter account at mpb Firmino 9 do follow him if you don't already uh, points out very simply that after 14 games, of course, Liverpool have won 13 and drawn one. But it leaves us 11 points clear of City and Leicester, who at the time of recording are yet to play Everton. Um, 14 points clear of Chelsea, 20 points clear of Spurs, 22 points clear of Arsenal, 23 clear of United and 26 points clear of Everton. We are 31 games unbeaten in the league, which equals our own club record, which was set under Kenny Dalglish from May 1987 to March 1988. In short, Brian, these are glory days, and that advantage we have now is astounding. But... 72 points are still left to play for. I'm going to say 100% nothing's done yet. Um yeah, I I tend to agree with you um in in the fact that yeah, it's sensible not to say anything otherwise. Um but there is a very small voice, you know, of a guy in the corner going no, it is done, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's never point. No, 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 no. You can't think like that. Remember Newcastle under Kevin Keegan? Anything can happen. Let's, you know, let's let's think about him. Because it, it, okay, small chances, but there's a long way to go. Anything can happen. What if Virgil gets injured or Mohamed Salah doesn't recover his form? What, it, what do you think? I mean, you can't say it's... I mean, how small is that voice? Is it like a tiny little gnat, uh, you know, whispering? Or is it, you know, something, you know, the size of a of a grumpy teenager kind of grunting in the corner? What do you think, Brian? It's a smiling little guy, contrarian little douchebag saying, it's done. Relax. <laughs> Relax, it's done. Uh, no, I mean, look... <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think the mentality of champions is that you go out there and you basically put it on every team week in, week out until it's mathematically a certainty and you take nothing uh, for granted. And and that's, you know, that's my attitude hasn't changed. I mean, I'm not going to suddenly think, oh, we've got this. No, we we haven't got this. But we, we are in as good a position as we could ever hope to be in. In, in our wildest dreams. I mean, at the start of the season, if you had said to any of us that we would be first in November and we would be 11 points clear of second place Man City, you'd be like, wow, <laughs> dream world. And that's where we find ourselves, you know? Um, and uh, I mean, I think, I mean, I've been saying to a couple of my buddies uh, here that I think the title could be all but done before Christmas, because 
City have uh, quite a few very tricky games in quick succession um, coming up um, that could put them out of it altogether, like literally. And I think there is a feeling, you know, among certain people that City have got their eye very, very firmly on the Champions League, uh, or Pep does anyway, uh, this season, because I don't think they have, they don't have it in them to do what they did last uh, season again, whereas we do, because we're still hurting from that. Um, you know, they have, the, they have won the league, on numerous occasions, we haven't. We were obsessed with the league, uh, and it's firing us on. And I don't think any of us or the, any of the team or anybody associated with Liverpool is going to take anything for granted. We're going to basically put everything into this to make sure that we take this home. Um, but still, you, you, you know, we just keep doing what we keep doing. I think it's, I, I think we talked about it previously in a, a previous uh, episode where. I'm a big believer uh, in narratives in football. I think they play really, really important roles in the overall uh, scheme of things in terms of the season. And uh, every time you can get a little bit lucky or hang on for an extra five minutes and arc out you know, a, a good result and a bad performance, you influence so heavily the, the, just the massive sea of punditry that's out in the world and opinion today. So for the next week, all that gets reflect back, reflected back at your club is positivity and the words that the, the, the sports, sports journalists use are, you know, Liverpool climbing, finding a way to get it done. But just one of those results goes the wrong way and then suddenly that narrative changes dramatically because that's what, you know, that's the business that they're in. Um, and at the moment, we've got that going for us. We've got momentum. Um, and City don't. I mean, City are living on a knife edge week in, week out. They are one game away from absolute destruction every single time. And any, any, we keep on putting the pressure on them. And I think we, if we can do that two or three more times, then I, I think they'll just crack all together. Um, and, and then we can focus on Arsenal's uh, record of 49 games without losing right <laughs> the next well, big one to look at <laughs> that's quite a quite a way away but yes we could certainly nothing stopping us dreaming brian not yet um it's it's interesting yeah it, it turns of narratives i mean city ooh because they've been they've been hampered by the injuries haven't they massively with sane and laporte and now they've got this fixture list coming up they've got burnley they've got man united at home uh, city are at home for that one and then arsenal away and then leicester at home on the 21st of december that's at the etihad that should be a cracking match because i think personally uh, until Laporte and Sani get back, City are just going to continue to struggle. I, I mean, unless they sign Koulibaly in January, and who knows, with the FFP rules as they are, they might just do that. Uh, and I don't know, but I, I, I t I'm tending to think that Leicester City are our closest rivals for this league until... Laporte and Sani get back. I don't see Man City recovering that form. They have problems. Raheem Sterling still can't really kick a ball. I mean, he's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. Wonderful player. But he he had a chance against Newcastle. He just 
you know, any other player in the Premier League would be able to get a much better connection with the ball, but it was soft and low and it rolled into the goalkeeper's arms. And it's that kind of thing that I don't think he'll ever improve upon. So he's not, he doesn't score enough for his talent because of that. Uh, Gabriel Jesus doesn't score enough because he just gets scared of the goal. Uh, I don't think anybody's taken more shots than Gabriel Jesus uh, has a per minute this year, but he just keeps missing. He should be the top scorer, but he just keeps missing and missing. And then in defence, to have Fernandinho, the old man who's your best midfielder, basically, uh, best defensive midfielder, I still rate him higher than Rodri, to have him playing at centre-back is a huge disadvantage for them. So I think it's Leicester, Brian, with their, you know, no European football, you know, nice breaks like we had in 13-14, who can just concentrate on the league, have a cup run for fun, but they're just concentrating on the league to run us as close as possible. Am I nuts? I, I'm saying they're going to be second. Yeah, I yeah, I would. I tend to agree with you. You know, um, yeah. I mean, City have fundamental problems. You look at their you look at their defence, and it's just it's not good enough, right? And as you say, Fernandinho, he's 33 years old. And uh, with a history of injuries in the past couple of seasons, I mean, a brilliant player, love him to pieces, great player, dirty player, <laughs> but he, he gets the job done. Um, and he's playing in, his, in like a position that's not his natural position week in, week out. He's getting the job done for them, but they are now moving into the, I mean, they don't have the World Cup game that we're playing or whatever it's called um, coming up, but they still have five games in like three weeks or something like that. And he has to play there week in, week out. Um, and they just feel like they can be got at, right? And so, yeah, they can they can score. They can turn up and absolutely batter teams. And then and equally, they can the next week, they can go against a team that they should be beating comfortably and, and make it look like really hard work. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I think... I think they can all but make, I mean, if they can manage to win five games in the bounce now from between now and, and the new year, <clears throat> then, OK, maybe we need to keep keep a very close eye on them again, because then they can just go on and, you know, go unbeaten for how, God knows how long. But I can't see them doing that. I think they're going to drop points when they're playing, the, you know, Arsenal, Manchester United, Sheffield. Um, there's no easy games really, and then and then Leicester as well before the before the new year, um, and then Leicester as you say, look, uh, I just I just hold Brendan Rodgers in such high regard. I think he's a very 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 good manager, and um, it didn't work out well for him, and it didn't work out the way he wanted it in, in Liverpool. He had a good cracker at his team was brilliant to watch, but it had some fundamental flaws. Um, but you know he's older, wiser, and he is at a club that is just picture perfect for him, for, you know, for his toolbox and his skill set. Um, you know, he's, he's a coach first and foremost, and uh, he has all the players there to, to, to fit his system. And uh, I mean, he's getting, a, he's getting an amazing tune out of that team um since he's gone there and yeah, i just looked at their fixture list um coming up now to the new year and it just they just looks like every team they should be beaten who have they got let me have a look uh 
They have uh, up next. They have Everton. <laughs> What's it? Obviously, they're playing them now. Um, then after that, they've got Watford uh, at home uh, midweek, and then after that, they've got Villa um, away, and then they got Norwich um, at home again, and then they've got um, the League Cup uh, Everton. So that's going to give me. Then they play City um, away. Then they play us. Right. So, um, but if wow. they, let's say they, let's say they, let's say they win everything, which I expect them to beat everything today. And then I expect them to beat Watford at home midweek. Uh, I'd, I'd expect them to, to beat, I mean, Villa are decent enough this, this year, I think, but I still expect Leicester would, would beat them, um, on Sunday week. And then the following Saturday they play Norwich, bottom of the table, Norwich, um, so that's four games in the trot that they could basically go through in quick succession. Uh, that leads them into the city game, um, you know, and then on, then on to us after that. Um, so I mean, maybe if they get when they get to city, if if they lose to city and then lose to us, then that puts them out of it, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, they have to be taken pretty seriously because they're they're the closest team to us, right, at the moment, um, technically. So. Um, but you, I don't know. I mean, do, would they have the squad to to last the whole the whole? I mean, they did last time, but I think that was a freak because I think that the year that they won the league, um, I think they played. They must have broken all kinds of records for the same starting eleven for for the most. Of the, I don't think they had any injuries that season. Um, uh, that brilliant team, you know, with Mares and and uh, and Kante, um, played practically every single league game the whole the whole season. So, um, yeah, I, well, I, yeah, I th- think Leicester are the ones to look, keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. We have to keep, keep an eye on Leicester. Uh, um, I, I, yeah, but, you know, it's, it does depend on injuries, uh, 100%. Same as it does for us or, or any team, really. Uh, but that's enough about our rivals for now because I, I want to go look at the game in a bit more detail. I mean, when, when you saw the... The starting lineup, Brian. How how did you feel about it? Yeah, well, I thought that's the best team that we can put out. I mean, I I for some reason I thought that Salah wasn't going to play. Somebody told me that Salah wasn't playing the game. So when I saw that he was in the starting eleven, I thought oh, this is brilliant. I mean, the top, you have your preferred back, your preferred front three, and you have your preferred back four now. The way uh, Degsy is. Is, is playing again. He, he's kind of really reasserting himself as the number two centre-back at the club. Um, and you have, um, you know, a, 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 a midfield three that uh, that any team in the world would be happy with, you know? So, and I think uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain is really starting to find his feet. And, you know, when he gets totally up to speed and he's totally match fit and he's playing um, to his... Uh, his capabilities, he, he quite easily become the most important player for us in the second half of the season. Um, I was interested to see what he would do, whether he would have, you know, Henderson sitting in the, in the six or, uh, or have them all kind of rotating. Um, but, uh, I think, I thought, um, I thought Hendo had a, had a, had a pretty decent game, um, considering he hadn't played that position for a long time. And uh, yeah, the overall the team that's the team I would have put out, and uh, I thought they did 
they did well, right, for the most of most part. I mean, it was a weird game. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I was watching with somebody else and I was a bit distracted because I'm normally just on my own, focused very intently on the game. But it seemed like um, it lacked kind of intensity um, from, for big parts of it for me. Um, just uh, just the first 60 minutes just flew by. Um, didn't really see what was going Didn't seem like, there was, like we were putting it on them. I mean, at the start of the, the start of the first half, when we, when um, Virgil scored that first goal, uh, I turned to my friend and said, "You know, somebody's due a spanking from us. You know, for a long time. I can think this is going to be four or five today." And and then he scored the second in quick succession, and uh, I thought, "Okay, this is going to be brilliant. This is going to be a lot of fun." Uh, and we already knew the result of the city game, um, so we, we were kind of in very good spirits watching it. But then as the game kind of went on, it just we just seemed to lose ideas. I don't know. What, what, what was your take on it? Well, it was it was very interesting in terms of, um, I mean, I thought it was brilliant. I, I'm brilliant because nothing was happening. Um, I, I, I tempted fate uh, towards uh, the end of the match, around about 70 minutes, where I, I was writing on my sort of notes that I keep sometimes that, you know, I've never felt more comfortable with it being 2-0 and at Anfield. And then about 20 seconds later, Alisson got a red card and then all hell broke loose. So that's the last time that I'm tempting fate this season, taking nothing for granted. But I thought it was an excellent performance. I really did. I thought I thought we did okay. I'll just, uh, you know, pull up some stats because we created chances. Uh, Brighton were very, very limited in what they could create. I thought, you know, you can only beat the team in front of you. And uh, I thought we beat them fairly and squarely. I mean, we had we had 15 shots to their 12. A lot of those shots were kind of, you know, outside of the box kind of stuff. It wasn't... It wasn't the most uh, fluid performance, but uh, certain moments, like there was one time where Firmino, um, after an absolutely beautiful move, he could have squared it to Genie Wijnaldum, who would have had a a tap in, uh, but uh, Firmino shot instead from a a tight angle. He he should have squared it. That would have been one of the goals of the season, had that one gone in. I remember that that passage of play, because it was like two or three players pinging it back and forth and a lob ball over the top, and then... It was glorious. It was it was it was splendid football. It was superb, sexy football. Uh, but then, yeah, just the wrong decision at the end, and and that's something that that just happens sometimes in games. Players they have a, they make the wrong decision. That's no real big problem. Uh, but uh, Degsy Lovren playing alongside Big Verge, who we will talk about pretty soon but uh Dexy, the big dog day and lover lover lovren he looks like he has that look in his eye where he is now he feels like he's established himself again back in the hearts of of the fans and the hearts of the manager i mean he's he's basically taken his chance with both hands and run with it since he's come back into the team there's you can't really fault him. There's maybe a couple of little Dexy type moments in his first 
one game maybe but since then he's just looking imperious and there's a number of games where people are saying that actually he was much much it was him that was the best defender on the on the pitch not not Virgil and uh, yeah no, he looks solid and and when I see him now I'm not worried I'm not thinking oh god I'm just counting down the time until he makes a mistake or yeah totally yeah I mean I, I was just finding some some stats on him there um uh, Dexy, I mean, he he had one tackle, two interceptions, three clearances, uh, only an eighty percent passing success rate compared to Virgil, who was about ninety. But you know, Dexy had more license to try, at least, to spray long diagonals. I saw him try quite a few times to try and open up Brighton's defence, uh, but uh, generally he was uh, he was solid as well. But his partner, uh, the main. A uh, brilliant performer uh, on the day was Virgil van Dijk, I thought. I mean, you know, people could say that Degsy was better. He deserves special mention. A couple of his interceptions and that tackle, I remember, was a goal-saving tackle. So that was excellent stuff. But uh, Virgil van Dijk, there's something uh, Mark Lorenzen said before the match on the pre-match talk on LFC TV. He, he said that... Big Verge would be um, more of a loss to Liverpool than Fabinho. Um, and it would be devastating to lose him because he is the f- fulcrum still of everything that we do well defensively in terms of his communication and everything to do with him. He's, he's I mean, he's, is he up there with the best defenders you've ever seen from any club, Brian? Like... Is that you know how you feel about him? Like, because I certainly do. Yeah, absolutely. I actually said I I turned to my friend Carl and said, "Can you can you think of another Liverpool defender of any era that's uh, you know can hold a candle to him? Like, there's even the legends of of years past. I mean, he he's so commanding. He he has everything. Uh, he's a cultured centre back. He 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 brings the ball out from the back. He is one of those. I mean, he he's got what you know Vincent Company has in spades as well. He just has that presence that you can't train, you can't uh, you either have it or you don't, and uh, he just has it in abundance. And he just radiates. Uh, it's okay, lads. We've got this um, when he's out there, and he just makes such good decisions. And and now he's like popping up and scoring goals as well. I mean, I mean he's he's still got so many years ahead of him. Um. Yeah, I can't. I really can't. I mean, my uh, I loved Kara. I loved Sammy Hypia. Uh, the 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 previous generations were probably a little bit before my time. I wasn't as mental about football as I am now. Um, but even you know from other teams, uh, I I can't think of a, another centre back as cultured as him that also has that you know old school presence. You know, he he um he's one of the few players I think of this current generation that I could easily see playing in a nineties team as well. You know, he just seems like he's made of the good stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't know what I mean by that. I don't want to kind of like, it sounds, it sounds a bit... Absolutely. 1992 in the, in the black and red AC Milan. Uh, I mean, him alongside either Desai or Franco Barese. My word, that would, that would have been something to behold as well, wouldn't it? 
corking. Yeah, I mean, he's he's special. He's special and he's ours. And I hope he stays with us because I hope he knows how much we just love him. And we love watching him play and teaching everybody, the fans, the pundits, uh, everybody, the opposition, that you just don't miss with Big Verge. I don't think he's going anywhere. I was listening to an interview with Raphael Hungstein earlier on uh, today, and he was talking about Klopp and uh, and Liverpool and, and whatnot. And he was basically saying that this time, this uh, with Liverpool now, this is the first team that he's ever had that he has not had to break up. Um, like his brilliant uh, Dortmund team, he, he you know at its peak he had to sell players. And uh, I think where we are structured now, in terms of the club, the brand, you know, the money that's coming into the club and where we're going, we're just going to become a bigger, bigger and bigger club. And we are, as Klopp, he's so, he's just such a smart dude. And when, you know, when he's outlaying all his plans when he first came here, he basically said we need to become a, a destination club, not a stopping point. And that's what we were. Up until before he came, we all knew it. You know, we tried to convince ourselves we weren't, but we, we knew we were we were not at the top table we were a transitional club for for big stars so they would we would find them we would make them stars and then barcelona or somebody else would come in and just take them off for us and there was nothing we can do but i think we've moved on from then and now we are in the same uh table as barcelona and uh real madrid and you know these players who are playing for us now you've got to ask yourself what well, what you know, re really, what would they stand to gain um, from leaving us the champions of Europe, you know, in line to be the champions of England, um, to go where? To go to, to go to Real Madrid to play the Real Madrid, you know, random roll the dice, see if they like you, see if they boo you game. Um, I just think we are, it's just the beginning, you know? It's like, uh, it, I think, the, the, you know, we can keep club for a little bit longer uh, than, you know, uh, none of these, I can't see any of these players moving on. Where would you go? Why would you go? I mean, the only players I can see moving on are players like perhaps Naby Keita, if if he can't get he can't get some traction in his career uh, at Liverpool, you know, at the second half of this season. But in terms of our top players, I would be very surprised if we lost any of them um, going forward, like Mane or Bobby uh, or you know even Salah. I mean, like what. I think, you know, we, we, we're in such a strong position now um, and we're only going to get stronger going forward. Well, what about Salah then? I mean, you know, lots of, well, lots of people. I've, I've heard a few different um, shows already uh, talk and, you know, post-match shows, etc., saying that Mo Salah had a bad game. I don't think he did. I thought he was dangerous for his 70-odd uh, minutes on the pitch. I thought he was uh, he was dangerous. His control looked good. Um, you know, again, a couple of bad decisions in the wrong moments, but just the same as every, all the other of our attackers, really. Uh, but, you know, in general, he's dangerous. He looks quite sharp. I don't think we've got anything to worry about. No, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I agree with the overall sentiments of what you basically said about the game. It was, I mean, we're just, I think we're just, uh, we're just um, uh, spoiled uh, as Liverpool fans, you know, these days. We, we, we watch such good football week in, week out, and we watch our team demolish uh, other teams. And we watch that goal that 
uh, Bobby nearly scored. We see that week in, week out. We see at least two or three moves like that every single game where we just sit back and go, wow, <laughs> I, I couldn't even pull that off in a video game, let alone in real life. And, and we're used to it. And I think maybe there's an element of league, you know, squad management as well happening here because we're just about to move into such a busy period um, for the club and for the, this team of players that, you know, it's it's not necessary to go out there and batter teams 4-0 uh, or 5 week in, week out. Like, I don't think this title is going to be um, uh, done by goal difference this particular year. It'll be done on clear points. So I don't think goals will come into it. Um, you know, as long as we win, fine. I mean, we we're 2-0 up and we were probing and we were trying to to, to find solutions. And sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. But, you know, there was nothing to worry about there. Nobody had a bad game as such. And I think one of the things I like about Salah in the past few games that I noticed is that, you know, I think his work rate has increased a bit. I don't know if it's a, if it's an actual tactic or, or it's just him putting more of a shift in in terms of um, coming back and um, helping out. I mean, I remember reading somewhere that, that uh, Klopp liked him to stay up further along the line. Um, than the left-hand side as a, as a tactical uh, decision um, uh, previously. But it seems like now, when we're out of possession, he's he's quickly back in there helping Trent out um, or in and around, scurrying around the ankles of players and just making life uncomfortable for them. Um, but yeah, I think I think he I think he had a good game. I think I think every it wasn't a single player that didn't have a bad game. And and the interesting thing about Allison going off. I wanted to ask you about this, actually, because I'm not quite sure, because there's been different things popping up. Um, when Adrian came on, I'm like, Adrian's good. I'm, he, I, I'm quite happy. If Adrian has to just play in the sticks for three games, so be it. I'm not, I'm, it's not like, oh, suddenly we've become dramatically weaker. I mean, Alisson, I think, is probably the best or one of the best keepers in the world right now. But Adrian has to be one of the, on form, has to be one of the best uh, backup keepers uh, you could hope to ha- ever have, especially one that kind of is comfortable with our style of play. Um, so yeah. yeah, and and I I'm so I'm not sure about this. So uh, Alison was sent off for a professional foul and not violent conduct. And so I read somewhere that because it's a professional foul, it's only one game he misses, and and when it's a red card, they miss this. They miss the game that seven days later. I read somewhere so. Because the Everton game comes so quickly, Alisson will actually be allowed to play in that in that uh, game, and he'll miss the Bournemouth game. Are, are you familiar with that, or does that sound right to you, or does that sound like wishful thinking on my behalf? Well, I've got um, you know there, there are about you know fifty five opposing opinions on a subject that only has two possible outcomes uh, or three maybe uh, you know either he's banned for one match he's banned for three matches or either, either he's you know his ban starts immediately or in seven days I've heard about 55 different interpretations of those four outcomes uh, but uh, you know it, apparently it has been confirmed according to readliverpoolfc.com that Alisson will receive a one match ban and will miss the derby and will be back for Bournemouth and uh, that's uh, according to Steve Hoare as well. Uh, so 
Um, it looks like he, yeah, he will miss the Everton match. But as you say, Brian, I, I have a hundred percent confidence in in Adrian. I mean, I thought he was a very lucky boy. That ball that you know squirmed under him and and almost went in the goal. But he also pulled off a, a couple of decent saves. You know, one diving to his left. I remember. Good save, and I, I think he's a, he's more than adequate as a backup. I think he's one of the best, uh, best in Europe. I mean, I, I PSG have Ariola as a backup to Kayla Navas, I believe. They that he's still at the club, Ariola. In which case, he's he's a very good deputy. But uh, apart from him, of course, my knowledge of backup keepers isn't the best. Um, but I would say it's as good as any I've anything I've seen. I mean, we've seen Spurs is backup. He's crap. Uh, you know, United's backups rubbish. I don't know. There, there's lots of tat out there. But um, yeah, so uh, matches that Fabinho will miss because he's out for eight weeks. The Everton, the Ev, the Blue Shite—I think they're called. Uh, Bournemouth, Salzburg, Watford. Uh, I'm not going to count Villa because he wasn't going to go to that anyway. The Club World Cup, two matches. Leicester. Wolves, Sheffield United, then Tottenham, and then maybe he'll be back from Man United at home on the 19th of January. But we have a bit of a uh, uh, we have a bit of a, a tendency these days to downplay um, our injuries. I mean, you, you know, Allison, for example, ended up missing what's eight matches and, and they said it wasn't that bad or they, they were a bit cagey about information but how worried are you Brian about getting through this I mean I personally I, I, I loved the midfield yesterday of the two pivots uh, sorry the double pivot the two number sixes with Genie and Hendo who occasionally had license to go forward uh, and then Chamberlain in front of them in a sort of free role I thought he was terrific and that midfield looks really good if if they can stay fit we we won't miss Fabinho that much will we um yeah no I I um yeah I agree with you on that because that's that's the, the system I thought we were playing yesterday like two sixes um, and with uh, Ox going forward. And I think if we play that system, then, uh, yeah, we should be fine. I mean, um, I mean, it's not ideal. It is what it is, right? I mean, he's amazing. He, he's, he's very intrinsic to how we play. But I think Klopp just has to find different solutions and we're, we're going to play slightly differently because he's not he's not there. Um, we're not short of good uh, players in the middle of the park. It's just finding the combination of the three in terms of the positions um, to make it work. I mean, I, I don't like I don't like it when Millie and Hendo are on the same <laughs> on the same team sheet because sometimes we, we, sometimes that can be a bit slow and and uh, workmanlike. But um, but Hendo, Genie, and Ox that's that's got a lot of uh, movement in it. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I think hopefully we should be fine. I mean, that's the big challenge that we face right now. That's our key challenge in terms of, uh, obviously we go out there and get three points every week, but uh, now how can we deal with this very, very important um, injury? But listen, every season, every team has this problem. You know, they all have like big injury problems at some stage in the season. And it's how they, 
respond to that and how that they they overcome that that decides whether they become champions or not and it's not like we're dipping into a really shallow pool of talent right and 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 getting some kid to play in the middle of the park we have very very senior pros waiting to step in and to grab their chance um and uh, yeah i think so far so good let's let's see how it goes i mean the only get the only games really that um we might we might miss them very uh, clearly is the big games uh against like man city or or i won't <laughs> I'm not even classify Man United as a big game now, so I'm not that one. But um, <laughs> Chelsea, <laughs> uh, Chelsea, you know the big teams, not the kind of middle table teams, but the the the, the important clubs. Uh, that's when you know a, a very powerful uh, number six player uh, really really earns his money, right? And that's when they they can influence those games uh, a lot. Um, the other, you know, the other games where we're, where we're expected to win, um, not so much, but, the, you know, when the, when the margins are fine, I think that position some, a lot of the time can, can, uh, can push results over the edge. So it'll be interesting to see how we do in the much bigger games, um, without him and, and fingers crossed, I mean, we're due some good news. I mean, I was hoping that it was, as I said in our chat group, it was just mild gluten intolerance, but unfortunately that wasn't it. It was an actual ankle tear or, or whatever. But um, I'm, we're, we're due some good news with injuries rather than like, oh, it's, it, it, it's actually going to be four months and not eight weeks. We're due, uh, it's actually going to be six weeks and not eight weeks. So we'll see. I mean... We'll find out pretty quickly, right? Well, yes, we will see. Um, yeah, I don't know because I mean the club, but the club just seems to be keeping a lot of that, you know, the 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 injury news sort of in the house, uh, you know, for some reason. I suppose it's you know it's to, it's a good idea. It means that managers don't know what we're doing or what players are fit exactly, which is probably a good a good sneaky thing to do, really. Um, but yes, uh, the next match, you know, that we will be without Fabinho uh, is uh, against the Ev, our next match, Everton. Um, I was just looking at them before uh, talking to you. Um, I mean, the song goes, Liverpool are magic, Everton are tragic. Uh, lots of people know those lyrics, uh, but it's actually true this season. I mean, at the time of recording this, because, you know, they're... they're they're playing Leicester as, as we speak. Um, forget the fact that Everton are in 17th position after 13 matches. But did you know, Brian, they've only scored 13 goals in 13 matches. They only have five different scorers this season. And those top scorers are Richarlison and Kelvert-Lewin, who have three goals each. They've only won four games. They've drawn two and lost seven from their first 13. How much are you enjoying the blue shite being shite? <laughs> oh, it's... Uh... It's brilliant. It's, it's 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 pure comedy. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you've ever watched um, Pedge. I think his name is Ped, the 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 Everton fan TV <laughs> YouTube channel. It's brilliant. It's like a 
an ongoing experiment in depression. <laughs> these two oh, poor, yeah. these two poor, 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 oh, poor fuckers have to turn up to uh, to like Red Men TV and you know uh, and feel rapping those boys doing, doing the video uh, vlogs and uh, and you just it's just they've got defeat written all over their face even before the games kicked off and it's like they've just been tortured for years year in year out and like and and every game we play we don't only beat them but we beat them through some comical error you know uh that just stings even more (laughs) well yeah but it's not just that brand it's not just that i mean we've got it's not just the way that we beat them you know with origi i mean there's an amazing christmas jumper the red men tv have come out with last christmas and it's got a you know, it's sort of a, a crochet style Divock Origi scoring that goal against Everton. Absolutely brilliant. Best Christmas jumper I've ever seen. Uh, but, uh, um, but you know, despite the goals we scored against them, it's the manner of these wins that we're getting every week. I mean, the expression is boiling piss. But this is turning, you know, this is beyond vapour. This is some kind of super vapour. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a chemist or whatever. What happens to a gas? when you superheat it does it become plasma this is some kind of piss plasma brian and it makes them mad the way that we're winning and i love it yeah it's great i mean i I always say this to people who don't follow football it's like you just don't know what you're missing out on it's just so much fun it's like there's all these uh backstories that are happening a week in week out that people who don't follow football just don't get and don't understand like the whole everything are going to be brilliant everything are going to be huge everything's got money we're going to build a stadium you wait and see everything's going to be awesome and they're not they're just <laughs> absolutely shit <laughs> absolutely when when var comes in liverpool are going to be in the relegation zone and and everton top 4 yes uh, we've read, we've all read it. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, as it turns out, they've got some injury problems. They will be back without their fullback, uh, Seamus Coleman, probably, and then Schneiderlin, Walcott, Fabian Delph, um, Bernard, maybe back. I'm not sure. Andre Gomez, of course, after that horror tackle, I do wish him well. And Jean Philippe Gabamin, who I don't even know who that is. Um, is also out for the long term, but I hope he comes back. Um, yeah, I mean they're 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 just awful. But let's try and zoom out from. Although, own, can I just on. interject for one yes, second? Yes, please. Because do. they've just scored against Leicester, and they are one oh. 0 up. <laughs> Rich, Rich, what's this? Rich Larson, that they're Brazil. The only decent player in that oh. team has scored. Um, wow, Dickerson's pretty decent as well. Um, but yeah, so they're 1-0 up at Leicester at the moment and it's uh, 30 minutes on the clock. So fingers crossed they could uh, they could hand the league to us tonight. Well, that's true, actually. I mean, are you are you voting for Everton? Are you rooting for them in this match? Well, you know, here's the thing. So I'm, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not from Liverpool. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm from Dublin. And, uh, and, you know, as long as I can remember, Everton have never really been in the same ballpark as us. I mean, there was one brief moment when um, uh, Whiskey Nose Jr. had them uh, getting a tune out, and they, I think they got into Europe one year, right? It was, it was 2004, 2005, wasn't it? When, when we won the Champions League and stopped them from getting into Europe or something like that? What? 
That was so cool. Uh, that was brilliant. I just that's made me happy. Um, but you know, I've never ever considered them like rivals in that respect. I mean, they've always been a, a source of comedy for me, right? Because I know how much it it stings um, at rivals when we beat them there. But they've never been like you know in the same competition for us for like the for European Cup or for for the league title. Um, so for me, it's always been initially it was Man United, then it was Chelsea, then then it was City, and they were the, they were the teams that I've kind of focused on over the years. And Everton have been the local rivals, but because I'm not a local, um, I don't I don't get that. I don't have an intense hatred for them or anyway. I want to beat them always, and I want to beat them in the most comical way possible. If 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 I do, I always want to beat them in the last minute. Of, of the game, right? I don't want to. I don't want to bash at them. I want them. To, I want them to get their hopes up. <laughs> and then right at the last second, I want us just to score like a back heel off, like a sloppy goal off someone's arse. Yes, no, but you're absolutely right, Brian. You're absolutely right. But you know, the thing is, as well, is that they we don't want them to get relegated because we want this to happen all the time. Uh, you know, we want them to be 17th. This is this is sort of dreamland for Liverpool fans, isn't it? Because, you know, we do get, you know, the Origi 90 plus six. Sadio Mane after Sturridge hit the post 90 plus four. And, it, you know, them chucking flares onto the pitch and then we score equalises. It's it's hilarious and it just doesn't get any better. Um, I love Everton. But let's zoom out, right? Let's try and imagine that suddenly the world has changed. You've, you've fallen to a parallel dimension and you can make some decisions to try and get Everton back to their, I don't know, challenging the top six or ideally even give them what the fans want on the top four. Um, is it even possible if we zoom out in the Everton situation for them to get from where they are now to you know top four in the league say no I mean I can't see it I'm just looking at the team that they have out now at the moment and uh, I mean they've got Sigerson and Tom Davis in the middle of the pitch um, and uh, Pickford who's just a walking disaster in, in between the sticks um, I, I mean, it's more to do with what's in front of them rather than what 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 uh, what they do. I mean, if you look now, you said top four, so that's like Leicester with with Brendan Rodgers there. You've got United, who who will not remain shit forever, right? They'll eventually get their act together. Um, Arsenal um, will eventually. Well, they will have somebody pretty big soon. You, you again, you would imagine. Um, Chelsea, I, just, I can't see them breaking into that kind of. I mean, the only team that can do that right now is Leicester, and and they're doing that. Um, but outside of um, uh, Leicester, because um, Tottenham as well under Mourinho, I mean, it's just they're not even in the same zip code. They would have to spend an inordinate amount of money to just even get up to pace with the rest of the teams around them i mean uh it just you have to spend the money that's as simple as that there's no other way around it and uh i know they i mean i know their owners has have money i i kind of i'm i'm, I'm not familiar with how much money they have i know they're not short of money 
but even just having money doesn't uh, doesn't guarantee you uh, success. You know, you can throw as much money as you want at it. If you don't have the right strategies in place, it won't work. I mean, I think what we've managed to do is nothing short of phenomenal. I remember years ago, um, you know, 15 years ago, thinking about where Liverpool was. And I used to say to people, we can compete on money with some of these clubs. So we just have to be the smartest team in the league. We have to have the smartest people. That's one of the things that we can compete on. Um, we need to be smart. We need smart owners. We need smart uh, recruitment policy. We need the smart branding, everything, and uh, take, a, take a strategic long-term view. And that's exactly what we've done. You know, we've just really gone out there and absolutely killed it. And that is the only way Everton can break into the top four if they build up some dream team of owners um, to get their sports science just off the chart. They employ some kind of you know crazy analytics that nobody knows of that so they can pick up players that people aren't seeing. They do all those things, then yeah, maybe. But otherwise, they have to break through Spurs. They have to break through Chelsea. They have to break through. I can't see it happening. I mean, they're just gonna. I, I'm with you. I don't want them to be relegated ever. Um, but I want them to kind of hang around the relegation uh, zone for as long as possible. <laughs> They're doing their best. They're doing their best. But no, it's a very interesting answer, Brian, because I do wonder about them. You know, if they are, you know, able to, to rise out of it, I think that's a, that's a brilliant strategy as well. They just have to shop smarter. Um, and looking at the net spend in the last five years from, you know, a comparison of all the Premier League clubs, um, Everton... Wow, you might be surprised in the last five years. They've, they've purchased £536.5 million worth of players and they've sold £261.5 million. So they've spent a net spend of £275 million in the last five years. So that's £55 million per season if you want to look at it that way. Um, if you compare that to Chelsea... For example, Chelsea are on 26.6 million per season, a net spend of about half, less than half of Everton. Um, Arsenal are on 49.8. Um, uh, God, I mean, some some of the other teams, I mean, Manchester City, 101 million per season. They're at the top. Uh, net spend, Liverpool are at 18.5 million. So they've been spending an extraordinary amount of money, but they haven't done it smartly. You know, and that's the thing, Brian, that even we can see. We're just fans. We watch the game. We've watched the game for several years now. We sort of built up a, a basic understanding of the game of football but it's pretty freaking obvious that you know and it's been obvious for years that if you spend a lot of money for a player in their prime in quotes in their prime then they're going to either hit the ground running and be good for two years a la Van Persie and then fall off a cliff or they're not going to adjust to their new surroundings and they're going to be a bit lost and then you've only got them for two or three years before they start going down like a lot of Everton's players I mean they seem to buy 27 28 29 year olds for ridiculous sums and that from the outside is just plain dumb 
Um, so I was looking at this, the the history, Brian, of 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 Liverpool versus Everton because you know I'm sure you are aware that we have played each other 233 times in our history, including 51 times. Uh, friendly matches, apparently, if you can imagine a friendly match between us. Uh, that's, the source is uh, LFC History website, lfchistory.net, I think it is. You have to check it out. All Liverpool fans should check this out. It's a brilliant site. But I was looking at Everton, and the last time they won at Anfield was in the last century. Did you know that, Brian? It was the 27th of September 1999 when both Steven Gerrard and Sander Westerveld got sent off. Last century, Brian. Is this going to be the time where they turn it around? No, no, it's not. I'm not going to say we're going to batter them because that'll jinx it, but it's not. They're, they're, they're not going to do it. So isn't there, there's a very funny chant that goes around Anfield that, that's, uh, <laughs> that I believe has, you know, since 1999 the is the chorus uh of the chant yeah i mean uh look there i mean i didn't they, they signed somebody a while back there for a ridiculous amount of money i think it was sigerson they spent like 60 million on him or, or something mind-bogglingly crazy um and it just that just stank out the place i thought you know it's just, i mean he's a great great player but that's not the kind of money that they should be spending at the time i thought i mean somebody like everton uh i always thought that they, they you know if i was you know running a club or whatever i basically tried to make everton the destination for like the best young players in 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 the in european football or and definitely in uk football um to actually get a game of premiership uh, at premiership level because I mean that's what we were, were under Rogers for a while there we had the best of the best of young talent that were actually out there I mean that's the reason why Raheem Sterling is where he's at today is because he was playing as a teenager for Liverpool week in week out and that's the one area that these clubs like Everton can actually compete with the big clubs they can compete with the big clubs on, on the bigger players or even the medium-sized players but they can compete better with the big clubs on the young players because they can give the young players game time, which we can't, you know, uh, for the most part. And if they were smart, that's what they'd be doing. They'd be spending, they would put all their money, like obviously a mix of older players and younger players, but I would have more younger players in my team than older players if I was a club like Everton, because that's your, I think that's your only hope of actually, you know, dragging yourself out of the mud otherwise you're just going to be knocking about you know ninth one year 13 the next or whatever but you're not going to actually change anything when you have such talent um yeah i, I agree that's a very good strategy brian that's a very very good strategy and uh, you know i think that makes perfect sense i hope that no one from everton is listening to this podcast and if they are piss off piss off you didn't hear that those good ideas from brian you did not hear it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so just finally, I want to thank you for, for joining. We've been you know, talking for a while now, Brian. I want to thank you so much for, for talking about it and, you know, reveling where we are. Like I say, it's like, you know, it's this feeling of weightlessness, this the unbearable lightness of being top. It's absolutely beautiful, isn't it, Brian? But uh, just uh, quickly give me a prediction 
for Liverpool against Everton. Um, Liverpool versus Everton, I predict it will be 3-1 to the Mighty Reds. Uh, Our token goal that we concede? Yeah, exactly. I just don't see us where. Or maybe we will. Maybe maybe Adrian in the sticks. He'll get the first. Uh, that'll be the that'll be the new story. He gets the first clean sheet of the season or or whatever. But uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not too worried. Having said that, they're still beating Leicester one nil as we speak. So <laughs> uh, nothing is you can't take anything for granted. But we'll yeah we'll we'll uh we'll we'll beat them i think 3-1 well that sounds about right but uh i'm gonna say this is it this is our clean sheet uh trent back we didn't have a time to really talk about him he was brilliant uh chamberlain uh brilliant i think he's gonna be gonna prove to be england's best midfielder uh this season if he can stay fit he's just he's dreamy he's dreamy he's absolutely brilliant but thank you very very much for for joining me brian i i'm gonna say four nil to liverpool actually in the derby i think we're gonna wipe the floor with kelvert lewin's face and uh you know it's gonna be fun to watch uh i hope uh, as long as he's not hurt i mean you know just gently rub the floor with kelvert lewin's face Thank you, Brian. Enjoy the match. Where you know you're going to watch it probably alone, are you? In in Hong Kong, so you could concentrate with no distractions. Yeah, like a weirdo. I'll be watching it alone in my full kiss, willing willing <laughs> the team on, like all the other weirdos around the world. Ah, uh, that yeah, me included, me included, Brian. Well, do enjoy and uh, yes, up the Reds. Thank you so much. Yes, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff indeed. It's brilliant being top of the league. It's brilliant being a red. It's brilliant seeing us so high above the others, soaring in the clouds like a condor. This has been Cop on Podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed this episode. My name is Owen. You can send me your hate mail to coponpodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at CopOnPodcast or even support us on Patreon.com forward slash CopOnPodcast. Thank you so much for listening onwards and upwards, or is it downwards, to the Ev.